Section 4 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sylvie Roth. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Shui-Qin. Translated by Henry Bencraft Jolie. Chapter 26, Part 2. Saying this, he continued his way and straightway reached the entrance of a court. Here the bamboo foliage was thick and the breeze sighed gently. This was the Shao Shang Lodge. Bao Yu listlessly rambled in. He saw a bamboo portier hanging down to the ground. Stillness prevailed. Not a human voice fell on the ear. He advanced as far as the window, noticing that a whiff of subtle scent stole softly through the green gauze casement. Bao Yu applied his face closely against the frame to peep in, but suddenly he caught the faint sound of a deep sigh and the words, Day after day my feelings slumber drowsily. Upon overhearing this exclamation, Bao Yu unconsciously began to feel a prey to inward longings. But casting a second glance, he saw Dai Yu stretching herself on the bed. Why is it, smiled Bao Yu from outside the window, that your feelings day after day slumber drowsily? So saying, he raised the portier and stepped in. The consciousness that she had not been reticent about her feelings made Dai Yu unwittingly flush scarlet. Taking hold of her sleeve, she screened her face, and turning her body round towards the inside, she pretended to be fast asleep. Bayou drew near her. He was about to pull her round when he saw Dayu's nurse enter the apartment, followed by two matrons. "'Is Miss asleep?' they said. "'If so, we'll ask her over when she wakes up.' As these words were being spoken, Dayu eagerly twisted herself round and sat up. "'Who's asleep?' she laughed. "'We thought you were fast asleep, miss,' smiled the two or three matrons as soon as they perceived Dayu get up. This greeting over, they called Zhu Chuan. "'Your young mistress,' they said, "'has awoke. Come in and wait on her.' While calling her, they quitted the room in a body. Dayu remained seated on the bed. Raising her arms, she adjusted her hair, and smilingly she observed to Baiyu, when people are asleep, what do you walk in for? At the sight of her half-closed star-like eyes and of her fragrant cheeks, suffused with a crimson blush, Bayou's feelings were of a sudden awakened, so bending his body he took a seat on a chair and asked with a smile, What were you saying a short while back? I wasn't saying anything, Dayu replied. What a lie you're trying to ram down my throat, laughed Baoyu. I heard all. But in the middle of their colloquy, they saw Zhu Xuan enter. Baoyu then put on a smiling face. Zhu Xuan, he cried, pour me a cup of your good tea. Where's the good tea to be had? Zhu Xuan answered. If you want good tea, you'd better wait till Xu Ren comes. Don't heed him, interposed Baoyu. Just go first and draw me some water. He's a visitor, remonstrated Zhu Chuan. 
and of course i should first pour him a cup of tea and then go and draw the water with this answer she started to serve the tea my dear girl bao yu exclaimed laughingly if i could only share the same bridal curtain with your lovable young mistress would i ever be able to treat you as a servant by making you fold the covers and make the beds lin dai yu at once drooped her head what are you saying she remonstrated what did i say anything smiled bao yu dai burst into tears you've recently she observed got into a new way whatever slang you happen to hear outside you come and tell me and whenever you read any improper book you poke your fun at me what have i become a laughing-stock for gentlemen as she began to cry she jumped down from the bed and promptly left the room bayou was at a loss how to act so agitated was he that he hastily ran up to her my dear cousin he pleaded i do deserve death but don't go and tell anyone if again i venture to utter such kind of language my blisters grow on my mouth and may my tongue waste away but while appealing to her feelings he saw shi ren approach him go back at once she cried and put on your clothes as master wants to see you at the very mention of his father bao yu felt suddenly as if struck by lightning regardless of everything and anything he rushed as fast as possible back to his room and changing his clothes he came out into the garden here he discovered bei ming standing at the second gateway waiting for him do you perchance know what he wants me for bao yu inquired master hurry out at once bei ming replied you must of course go and see him when you get there you are sure to find out what it's all about this said he urged bao yu on and together they turned past the large pavilion bao yu was however still laboring under suspicion when he heard from the corner of the wall a loud outburst of laughter upon turning his head round he caught sight of shui pan jump out clapping his hands hadn't i said that my uncle wanted you he laughed wouldn't you ever have rushed out with such alacrity <laughs> bei ming also laughed and fell on his knees but bao yu remained for a long time under the spell of utter astonishment before he at length realized that it was shui pan who had inveigled him to come out shui pan hastily made a salutation and a curtsy and confessed his fault he next gave way to entreaties saying don't punish the young servant for it is simply i who begged him go bao yu too had then no other alternative but to smile i don't mind your playing your larks on me but why he inquired did you mention my father were i to go and tell my aunt your mother to see to the rights and the wrongs of the case how would you like it my dear cousin remarked shui pan vehemently the primary idea i had in view was to ask you to come out a moment sooner and i forgot to respectfully shun the expression but by and by when you wish to chaff me just you likewise allude to my father and will thus be square ay ya exclaimed bai yu you do more than ever deserve death then turning again towards bei ming you ruffian he said what are you still kneeling for bei ming began to bump his head on the ground with vehemence had it been for anything else shui pan chimed in i wouldn't have made bold to disturb you 
but it's simply in connection with my birthday which is tomorrow the third day of the fifth moon chung Shing, who is in that curio shop of ours unexpectedly brought along goodness knows where he fished them from fresh lotus so thick and so long so mealy and so crisp melons of this size and a siamese porpoise that long and that big smoked with cedar such as is sent as tribute from the kingdom of siam are not these four presents pray rare delicacies the porpoise is not only expensive but difficult to get and that kind of lotus and melon must have cost him no end of trouble to grow i lost no time in presenting some to my mother and at once sent some to your old grandmother and my aunt but a good many of them still remain now and were i to eat them all alone it would i fear be more than i deserve so i concluded after thinking right and left that there was besides myself only you good enough to partake of some that is why i specially invite you to taste them but as luck would have it a young singing-boy has also come so what do you say to you and i having a jolly day of it as they talked they walked and as they walked they reached the interior of the library here they discovered a whole assemblage consisting of tan kuang chun ri xing hu chi lai dan ting jen and others and the singing boy as well as soon as these saw bao yu walk in some paid their respects to him others inquired how he was and after the interchange of salutations tea was drunk shui pan then gave orders to serve the wine scarcely were the words out of his mouth than the servant lads bustled and fussed for a long while laying the table when at last the necessary arrangements had been completed the company took their seats bao yu verily found the melons and lotus of an exceptional description my birthday presents have not as yet been set round he felt impelled to say a smile on his lips and here i come ahead of them to trespass on your hospitality just so retorted shui pan but when you come to-morrow to congratulate me we'll consider what novel kind of present you can give me i've got nothing that i can give you rejoined pao yu as far as money clothes eatables and other such articles go they are not really mine all i can call my own are such pages of characters that i may write or pictures that i may draw your references to pictures added shui pan smiling reminds me of a book i saw yesterday containing immodest drawings they were truly beautifully done on the front page there figured also a whole lot of characters but i didn't carefully look at them i simply noticed the name of the person who had executed them it was in fact something or other like kung huang the pictures were actually exceedingly good this illusion made bao yu exercise his mind with innumerable conjectures of pictures drawn from past years to the present i have he said seen a good many but i've never come across any kung huang after considerable thought he could not repress himself from bursting out laughing then asking a servant to fetch him a pencil he wrote a couple of words on the palm of his hand this done he went on to inquire of shui pan did you see correctly that it read kung huang 
how could i not have seen correctly ejaculated shui pan bai yu thereupon unclenched his hand and allowed him to peruse what was written on it were they possibly these two characters he remarked these are in point of fact not very dissimilar from what kung huang looked like on scrutinizing them the company noticed the two words tang yin and they all laughed they must we fancy have been these two characters they cried your eyes sir may there's no saying have suddenly grown dim shui pan felt utterly abashed who could have said he smiled whether they were tang yin or guo yin candied silver or fruit silver as he cracked this joke however a young page came and announced that mr feng had arrived bao yu concluded that the newcomer must be feng zu ying the son of feng tang general with the prefix of shanwu ask him in at once shui pan and his companions shouted with one voice but barely were these words out of their mouths than they realized that feng zu ying had already stepped in talking and laughing as he approached the company speedily rose from table and offered him a seat that's right smiled feng zu ying you don't go out of doors but remain at home and go in for high fun both bai yu and shui pan put on a smile we haven't they remarked seen you for ever so long is your venerable father strong and hale my father rejoined zu ying is thanks to you strong and hale but my mother recently contracted a sudden chill and has been unwell for a couple of days shui pan discerned on his face a slight bluish wound with whom have you again been boxing he laughingly inquired that you've hung up this signboard since the occasion laughed feng su ying on which i wounded lieutenant colonel cho's son i've borne the lesson in mind and never lost my temper so how is it you say that i've again been boxing this thing on my face was caused when i was out shooting the other day on the tie wong hills by a flap from the wing of a falcon when was that asked bao yu i started explained su ying on the twenty-eighth day of the third moon and came back only the day before yesterday it isn't to be wondered at then observed bao yu that when i went the other day on the third and fourth to a banquet at friend shun's house i didn't see you there yet i meant to have inquired about you but i don't know how it slipped from my memory did you go alone or did your venerable father accompany you of course my father went zu ying replied so i had no help but to go for it is likely forsooth that i've gone mad from lack of anything to do don't we a goodly number as we are derive enough pleasure from our wine bouts and plays that i should go in quest of such kind of fatiguing recreation but in this instance a great piece of good fortune turned up in evil fortune shui pan and his companions noticed that he had finished his tea come along they one and all proposed and join the banquet you can then quietly recount to us all your experiences at this suggestion feng zu ying there and then rose to his feet according to etiquette he said i should join you in drinking a few cups but to-day i have still a very urgent matter to see my father about on my return so that i truly cannot accept your invitation shui pan bao yu 
and the other young fellows would on no account listen to his excuses they pulled him vigorously about and would not let him go this is indeed strange laughed feng ziying when have you and i had during all these years to have recourse to such proceedings i really am unable to comply with your wishes but if you do insist upon making me have a drink well then bring a large cup and i'll take two cups full and finish after this rejoinder the party could not but give in shui pan took hold of the kettle while bao yu grasped the cup and they poured two large cups full feng zu ying stood up and quaffed them with one draught but do after all urged bao yu finish this thing about a piece of good fortune in the midst of misfortune before you go to tell you this today smiled feng zu ying will be no great fun but for this purpose i intend on standing a special entertainment and inviting you all to come and have a long chat and in the second place i've also got a favor to ask of you saying this he pushed his way and was going off at once when shui pan interposed what you've said he observed has put us more than ever on pins and needles we cannot brook any delay who knows when you will ask us round so better tell us and thus avoid keeping people in suspense the latest rejoined feng ziying in ten days the earliest in eight with this answer he went out of the door mounted his horse and took his departure the party resumed their seats at table they had another bout and then eventually dispersed bao yu returned into the garden in time to find xi ren thinking with solicitude that he had gone to see jia zheng and wonder whether it foreboded good or evil as soon as she perceived bao yu come back in a drunken state she felt urged to inquire the reason of it all bao yu told her one by one the particulars of what happened people added xi ren wait for you with lacerated heart and anxious mind and there you go and make merry yet you could very well after all have sent someone with a message didn't i purpose sending a message exclaimed bao yu of course i did but i failed to do so as on the arrival of friend feng i got so mixed up that the intention vanished entirely from my mind while excusing himself he saw bao chai enter the apartment have you tasted any of our new things she asked a smile curling on her lips cousin laughed bao yu you must have certainly tasted what you've got in your house long before us bao chai shook her head and smiled yesterday she said my brother did actually make it a point to ask me to have some but i had none i told him to keep them and send them to others so confident am i that with my mean lot and scanty blessings i little deserve to touch such dainties as she spoke a servant girl poured her a cup of tea and brought it to her while she sipped it she carried on a conversation on irrelevant matters which we need not notice but turn our attention to lin Yu. the instant she heard that jia zheng had sent for bao yu and that he had not come back during the whole day she felt very distressed on his account after supper the news of bao yu's return reached her and she keenly longed to see him and ask him what was up step by step she trudged along while espying bao chai going into bao yu's garden she herself followed close in her track
but on their arrival at the Xinfang Bridge, she caught sight of the various kinds of waterfowl bathing together in the pond, and although unable to discriminate the numerous species, her gaze became so transfixed by their respective variegated and bright plumage, and by their exceptional beauty, that she halted and it was after she had spent some considerable time in admiring them that she repaired at last to the Ihong court. The gate was already closed. Dayu, however, lost no time in knocking. But Ching Wen and Bi Hun had, who would have thought it, been having a tiff, and were in a captious mood, so upon unaware of seeing Bao Chai step on the scene, Ching Wen had once visited her resentment upon Bao Chai she was just standing in the court giving vent to her wrongs shouting you're always running over and seating yourself here whether you've got good reason for doing so or not and there's no sleep for us at the third watch middle of the night though it be when all of a sudden she heard someone else calling at the door ching wen was the more moved to anger without even asking who it was she rapidly bawled out they've all gone to sleep you'd better come tomorrow Lin Dayu was well aware of the natural peculiarities of the waiting-maids, and of their habit of playing practical jokes upon each other, so fearing that the girl in the inner room had failed to recognize her voice, and had refused to open under the misconception that it was some other servant-girl, she gave a second shout in a higher pitch. "'It's I!' she cried. "'Don't you yet open the gates?' Ching Wen, as it happened, did not still distinguish her voice, and in an irritable strain she rejoined, It's no matter who you may be. Mr. Segundus has given orders that no one at all should be allowed to come in. As these words reached Lindayu's ear, she unwittingly was overcome with indignation at being left standing outside. But when, on the point of raising her voice to ask her one or two things, or to start a quarrel with her, Albeit, she again argued mentally, I can call this my aunt's house, and it should be just as if it were my own. It's, after all, a strange place, and now that my father and mother are both dead, and that I am left with no one to rely upon, I have for the present to depend upon my family for a home. Were I now to therefore give way to a regular fit of anger with her, I'd really get no good out of it. While indulging in reflection, tears trickled from her eyes. But just as she was feeling unable to retrace her steps, and unable to remain standing any longer, and quite at a loss what to do, she overheard the sound of jocular language inside, and listening carefully, she discovered that it was indeed Bao Yu and Bao Chai. Lin Yu waxed more wroth. After much thought and cogitation the incidents of the morning flashed unawares through her memory it must in fact she mused be because bao yu is angry with me for having explained to him the true reasons but why did i ever go and tell you you should however have made inquiries before you lost your tempers to such an extent with me as to refuse to let me in to-day but is it likely that we shall not by and by meet face to face again the more she gave way to thought, the more she felt wounded and agitated, and without heeding the moss, laden with cold dew, the path covered with vegetation and the chilly blasts of wind, she lingered all alone, under the shadow of the bushes of the corner of the wall, so thoroughly sad and dejected that she broke forth into sobs. Lin Dayu was, indeed, 
endowed with exceptional beauty and with charms rarely met with in the world as soon therefore as she suddenly melted into tears and the birds and rooks roosting on the neighbouring willow boughs and branches of shrubs caught the sound of her plaintive tones they one and all fell into a most terrific flutter and taking to their wings they flew away to distant recesses so little were they able to listen with equanimity to such accents but the spirits of the flowers were at the time silent and devoid of feeling the birds were plunged in dreams and in a state of stupor so why did they start a stanza appositely assigns the reason pinar's mental talents and looks must in the world be rare alone clasped in a subtle smell she quits her maiden room the sound of but one single sob scarcely dies away and drooping flowers cover the ground and birds fly in dismay lindayu was sobbing in her solitude when a creaking noise struck her ear and the door of the court was flung open who came out is not yet ascertained but reader should you wish to know the next chapter will explain End of section 4. Recording by Sylvie Roth.